This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, we are taking a drive north and west, about as far northwest as you can go here in the continental United States. Yeah, Jim, with summertime on the horizon, many of you are probably planning your next big getaways, you know, your road trips, backpacking adventures, sightseeing along the coast, you name it. And today on the show, we're going to discuss a place where you can do all of that and a little bit more. Yeah, so we are going, uh, of course, on a virtual road trip or whatever corny thing we want to do here, but <laughs> we are going to Olympic National Park, which is, of course, situated on Washington's Olympic Peninsula and is home to some amazing rugged beaches, storybook lodges, and, of course, awe-inspiring forests and mountains. And, Jamie, it is a top-tier destination within a reasonable day's drive for many folks tuning into the show here. Yeah, Jim, and like we've alluded to, there's just so much to do in Olympic. I mean, you can see the damp, moss-covered forests. You can go on these just gorgeous backpacking trails up into the mountains. You can explore this wild coastline where you have to hike or backpack into a lot of places. Um, there's a couple few small towns. Fans of Twilight can even enjoy mm -hmm. lots of areas um, that were shooting locations for that film series. So... And whatever it is you are into when it comes to the outdoors, whether you're looking for a big adventure or something more casual, you can explore Olympic and find all of that there. So, Jamie, let me just like throw a, a halt on this slam on the brakes. You've brought up the most important thing. Are you a Twilight fan? aficionado me yeah, <laughs> yes, is that a personal yes. question no uh no i i watched one of the movies as an assignment for uh -huh. work once uh -huh. when i was working Very at good. an alternative paper in idaho and um i did not understand any of what was going on yeah that's what they all say i was working in an alternative <laughs> paper in idaho and they assigned me this movie <laughs> you know i i've never seen to my I mean, i've probably seen a clip or like a short bit of it i am not a twilight person but you know 
got to pause and, uh, you know, (laughs) pause on that important point before we move on to the bulk of the show. Anyway, though, with that behind us, uh, Jamie, you never know. I mean, you could have been like, yeah, I love this. Uh, This is a main passion of mine. You didn't know? (laughs) I'd be honest if it was. Yeah, that that is fair. That is fair. (laughs) And it is honestly not for me either. But anyhow, I mean, yeah, Olympic is, you know, uh, this kind of crazy cool spot that is – roughly a 250 mile drive from our office in downtown Portland for reference. So a reasonable trip if you live uh, in Portland, uh, you know, parts of the Willamette Valley, Northwestern Oregon, or of course elsewhere throughout the region, you know, a place that is attainable that you can get to and has all sorts of good stuff. So in kind of putting together a little bit of a spine for this show, a little bit of an idea of what we wanted to talk about. I broke this up into a number of different categories, Jamie, and we've got beaches, we've got the rainforest and mountains, we've got lodges, and then camping and backpacking. So all over the board, Jamie, why don't we start, you know, it's a beachy time of year. Uh, We've done some recent episodes about the beaches, but the beaches of the Olympic Peninsula have a different flavor. Why don't we start there? Like we were saying, the, the beaches uh, at Olympic are wilder. Um, it's not like the Oregon coast where you have the highway running parallel to the coastline, a lot of little beach towns, um, a bunch of state park sites. It's not like that. There are a lot of really good beach access points that you can kind of pop mm-hmm. in and out of. Um, there's a series of numbered beach access points. Um, and then there's some popular ones that um, you know are pretty well known to folks who explore Olympic. A lot of people like Shishi Beach. Um, I'm partial to Rialto Beach. But, you know, however you slice it, what you're looking at is a more rugged, more wild environment. And part of that's just the way the coastline is up there. That's just the the nature of it. Part of it, too, is that the access is restricted to those who are hiking or backpacking into these places. The park is in charge of 73 miles of primitive coastline. So... That's a lot of space to explore. And it's full of, you know, like you said, Jamie, these dramatic cliffs, headlands, islands, sea stacks. And uh, I actually went in uh, to Shai Shai Beach. Shai Shai or Shishi? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I say Shishi, but you just, I, I have no idea now that I'm thinking about it. All right. Well, we're going to address that once and not call it by its proper <laughs> noun name again. So we don't screw it up more than necessary. Um, I backpacked in there uh, a few years ago with my brother. And had this just such a cool experience. I, I've never really, I've never done anything like it. Packed in, hiked a few miles, uh, a couple of miles, nothing overly strenuous, and set up a tent right in the sand, if I remember correctly. And it was just so neat. You know, went, woke up in the morning and the tide was out and was a, we were able to do some exploring and went in like, one or maybe even two like sea cave type things uh you know did some tide pool exploring walking down the beach it was just something that i've i've never i'd never done before and uh you know unless i go back there i don't know where else i could have a similar experience yeah that's something that those of us in oregon don't get the opportunity to do much of i mean on the Oregon coast, you're not allowed to camp on or next to the beach in most places um, outside of a developed campground. So being able to backpack and camp right there at the beach, on the beach, um, is a really good option. And I will say, you know, there are some, de- you know, quote unquote, developed campground areas along the coast there. That might just mean that there are some places where 
people uh, you know, are used to camping. Uh, there might be some vault toilets, very rough sort of rustic amenities. But no matter how you slice it, this is just a really, really cool area to explore. You've got it, Jamie. And one thing we should note here, we're recording on Wednesday, June 2nd, so a little bit before this show airs, and there are coastal closures in effect according to the National Park Service, and that includes the beach that we're talking about, its trailhead, and other areas. So keep that in mind, right, as you're listening to this show. That doesn't mean that this is necessarily available to you at the moment. But uh, I would wager that you can probably find a coastal spot to visit in Olympic National Park. Just make sure you are aware of the closures. And Jim, I just looked it up. It is Shy Shy. You were correct. So Shy well Shy. Yes. All right. Shy Shy Beach. All right. We got to the bottom of it. That feels good uh, here on the show. Jamie, all of these beaches have different flavor. Um, you said that you are partial to Rialto Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, moral of the story, folks can look up, uh, do a little bit of research, and pick off one or two or three that you want to go check out. Lots of options, though. Moving on to kind of maybe the other most signature features of the Olympic National Park. The rainforest and mountains, Jamie, oh my gosh, these landscapes are just uh, so cool and pretty different than what we have, even in such a kind of uh, dense and green part of the state, uh, part of the region here west of the Cascades. Yeah, I mean, we're we're used to that mossy forest look. And, you know, Mm -hmm. those of us who have explored some of those in Oregon and, and, you know, parts of Washington are not going to be surprised with what they see in the Ho Rainforest, but it's just that taken to another level. If you go to the Ho Rainforest, um, that is kind of the main area to check out um, some of the, these environments. Um, and what I love about the Ho is that you have um, some really like long distance hiking and backpacking trails that you can do. Uh-huh. There's also the Hall of Mosses Trail, which first of all, yep. is just a cool name. The Hall of Mosses. It's a very cool name. Love that. And true to it, um, to to what it looks like. It's a really short uh, trail. It's only 0.8 miles. It's a short loop. It's really easy. And it just gives you just an idea of what that kind of environment looks like. That's, you know, just one of the options of hiking in there. But for folks who maybe just want to dip their toes into Olympic or dip their toes into the rainforest, maybe they're doing other stuff too. That's a great way just to just to check it out. Jamie, from I believe that same kind of trailhead visitor center area, you can go jump on the Ho River Trail, which runs 17.3 miles to Glacier Meadows which is on the north side of Mount Olympus, the tallest mountain in the range. And when I was in Olympic National Park, you know, a few years ago on the trip that I referenced with my brother, you know, we didn't set aside time to do the entirety of the trail, which uh, is obviously quite an undertaking. And, you know, we weren't going to backpack there or anything like that. But we did just do a simple out and back on the whole river trail. And, Jamie, I would say if your Hall of Mosses is kind of a teaser, right? It's a 0.8 mile loop trail. The whole river trail is like the whole enchilada, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got huge trees, tons of moss, really dense. I think there were some waterfalls coming down. I mean, this is, I I don't think I'm exaggerating in saying one of the best remaining examples of temperate rainforest here in the United States. Yeah. And Jim, just to give an idea of, of just how enormous Olympic is and how much there is to do that, there's that whole enormous hiking area. 
And just a little bit farther south, you have um, the Quinault area where you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, the a trail that leads from the Graves Creek Trailhead to Enchanted Valley, which we've talked about before here on yep. the podcast and um, beyond. So, I mean, you could spend days, weeks backpacking, hiking, exploring this area. There is so much. It's one of these places where you go once and you say, wow, I really feel like I packed a lot into this like once in a lifetime trip. But there's still so much you didn't do. So you, you, you kind of, it kind of it really begs to be seen multiple times. Um, you know, I know I plan on going back, you know, throughout my lifetime probably to just explore more little pockets that I've never seen before or to revisit places that I particularly loved. Totally, Jamie. And of course, there are so, so many places to go hike. You've got your rainforest hikes, your mountain hikes, of course, hiking along the coast or in lowland forests. You name it, you can probably find it. You may have to work for it. You know, mm-hmm. getting to Mount Olympus is, uh, you know, to get a, an up close and personal view of Mount Olympus, uh, you know, from that area that we talked about at the end of the Ho River Trail. You're going to have to work pretty hard for it. But, uh, you know, there's uh, something for everyone, if you will, in terms of distance, difficulty, and of course, scenery. Yeah. And all that to say, you know, we, we haven't even really touched on much of the stuff that is on the east side of the park. So, yeah. I mean, when you're exploring Olympic, most people just hang out in the west side of, of the park along 101 by the ocean. You get your beaches, you get all the places we've been talking about. And the east side of the park, you have some of these smaller, more remote trailheads that lead into denser, probably less popular wilderness. So for folks who really want a rugged adventure, there's even more to go explore there. And so we won't get too much into that today because that's not not a lot of people's cup of tea. But if if that's what you're looking for, just know there's that too in Olympic. That too, and so much more that we're going to touch on here a bit later in the show, right after a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about how to experience Olympic National Park up, of course, on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. And Jamie, we're breaking this episode up into a number of categories here. And next on our list is lodges. So you need not uh, have a uh, kind of wild, adventuresome wilderness experience to go check out Olympic National Park. They have lodges and cabins located throughout the park that provide a range of accommodations. And you can get some pretty, I'm not going to say swanky, but very comfortable modern accommodations or a rustic cabin, for example. Yeah, I mean, look, not everyone likes to camp, um, obviously. Not everyone likes to backpack, obviously. So for a lot of people, these lodges and these resorts that are within the park itself are really, really nice ways to explore. There's obviously a lot of other places around and near the park. We won't get into those today. But, um, you know, there are enough of these beautiful lodges in Olympic that are definitely worth checking out if you're looking for for more of that sort of luxurious or more comfortable experience. You know, the, the Lake Crescent Lodge is the only one that I've been to personally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right there in the north side of the park. And, you know, Jim, I found that it was, you know, a, a perfectly comfortable experience. There was a you know restaurant inside the lodge, um, you know, that you can rent a kayak and go out on Lake Crescent. Lots of people around, you know, lots of newlyweds and, you know, um, older couples. It was a little bit weird being like a, a lone traveler in this place, <laughs> I got to say. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, they had a bar on the premises and lots of space to just sort of hang out and do your thing. And that kind of travel, 
a gym. I've got a soft spot for that. I, I love that kind of travel. And it kind of reminds me, Jamie, of like a subtle lake lodge experience for those familiar with that uh, central Oregon lodge where you can go in and you are right there on nature's doorstep, but you're living pretty good while you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are sort of basically like the old fashioned versions of those, right? I mean, some of these lodges are, are historic. They're, they've been around for, for decades at least. Um, so, you know, you're, you're getting some, some, some of that old fashioned luxury there back before camping was as popular as it is now. Yeah. And of course, many folks who venture into Olympic National Park are going to choose to camp. I admittedly, I don't think I stayed in any developed campgrounds up there. Um, so I took a look on the National Park Service uh, Olympic National Park website, and there are a lot of places to check out. And I'm not going to go through all of these here. Jamie, I don't know if you've stayed in any of them, but moral of the story, uh, if you do a little bit of research, find out where you're going in the park and what kind of camping experience you're looking for. Hop online ahead of time, see if you can get a reservation or see if where you're going is maybe a spot that you need to just walk into. Um, Whatever it may be, that information is online on the Park Services website for Olympic National Park. You know, Jim, when I went and spent five days in Olympic, what I did is I did a night of backpacking. Mm-hmm. I did a, a night of camping at a developed campsite and I did two nights at the lodge. And oh. that to me was perfect. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. I'm getting a little bit of everything. And um, if you have the flexibility to do different things and to enjoy different experiences, I think why not take advantage of all the experiences you have here in Olympic? So, I mean, like we said, that Lake Crescent Lodge is a good option. There's another one at Lake Quinault, um, kind of in the southwest side of the park. And then there's also the Soul Duck Hot Springs Resort, uh, which yes. a lot of people really enjoy. Um, there's obviously some hot springs, as the name suggests, which you can soak in there. And that obviously is a big draw for people, especially those who may have been spending a few days backpacking and are a little bit sore after that. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, like coming back to some level of civilization and having some hot springs to greet you, that is like an 11 out of 10 good experience. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Toss in maybe like a a good meal and, you know, soft bed, primo. So, yeah, would love an experience like that. Uh, Sounds very, very good. And Jamie, to touch on the last kind of portion of uh, your different accommodations, if you will, it's hard to... Um, of course, even call them that, but obviously there is tons of potential for backpacking, uh, throughout Olympic National Park. And there's information, of course, on that as well on the National Park Service website. Um, but one note before we go any farther, wilderness camping permits are required for all overnight stays within the park wilderness. So it's backcountry area year round. So. Don't expect to just uh, mosey on up there and pick an overnight and, you know, have a a smooth sailing process to do it. Do some work, do some research ahead of time and uh, make sure that you are all set up. Probably, I would say, Jamie, before you leave home. Absolutely. I I just went through this booking some uh, permits to go backpacking up the coast here um, in mid-June. Oh, nice. My experience was that we were able to get some permits really easily for like that Thursday, um, Thursday night, Friday night. But the weekends um, were pretty much all snapped up. The more popular times in the summer also, um, all permits were already gone for that. So if you don't have to wait to the last minute to get those, definitely get them as soon as you can. 
And one note about this wilderness backpacking too, Jim, is that a lot of areas in Olympic, or at least some of the areas, will require or at very least recommend that you carry a bear canister. We talked about Mm -hmm. this um, on a previous Mm -hmm. episode about dealing with wildlife. Uh, But the bear canister is not super fun to carry in your backpack. It is an additional, you know, three pounds or so. But it is, I think, necessary if you want to make sure that your food isn't stolen by a bear or you don't have any kind of uh, encounters with them while you're out there. Yeah. No, thank you. I will carry the bear can, though I feel like anyone who is carrying a bear can has some level of right to complain about it at least once or twice (laughs) while they're doing it. That's Uh, a good rule. I like that rule. You know, take advantage of that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I feel like you should be allowed to do that. So, Jamie, I'll put you on the spot. You had the opportunity to book anywhere in the park, presumably, you know, depending on availability. What'd you choose uh, for your upcoming trip? Where are you going? Yeah. So I'm going to start at Rialto Beach and do Mm -hmm. just a really quick, um, relatively quick backpacking trip. I think it's just about three and a half miles or so north up to um, a campground at the Chilean Memorial. And again, camp, campground is, is you know, generous. A camping area sure. at the a place called the Chilean Memorial. And, you know, just use that as base camp for two nights and then just explore by foot without the backpacks for those days. So that's kind of the idea is to, Sweet. instead of like backpacking, you know, like seven, eight miles in one day, I'd rather explore that without having the weight on my back and having a quick backpack out on that last day. Yeah, that sounds excellent. And, uh, you know, fun way to kind of just set up camp. You don't need to tear it down and put it back up and worry about all that rigmarole every night. Mm-hmm. Do it once, you know, put it up, tear it down on your last day and get a ton. You'll get such good sightseeing and such good hiking with uh, a little, you know, maybe light backpack or something like that. Kudos. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And Jim, you know, I'm just remembering my, my previous trip. I, I, I just lied about something a little, a little while ago. Ooh. I know. I know. Um, my four nights in Olympic before, and I did that big trip. Um, I did not spend two nights in a lodge. I spent one night in a lodge and I spent, uh, the fourth night at an RV site campground, um, on the reservation there in, uh, La Push. So another different experience you have again, you know, there is also motels and forks and places yep. to stay like that. So again, no shortage of places to stay in and around Olympic. And Jamie, one place I know you visited that we didn't kind of fit in here already, but, uh, you know, backpacking through the mountains isn't your thing, but you still want to get that great view of the Olympic mountains. Hurricane Ridge is the spot to do it or one good spot to do it. I oh, say. yeah. How do you forget about Hurricane Ridge? That's, that's I don't know, man. It's a classic spot. Um, yeah, it's on the north side of the park, um, and it's a it's a pretty big entrance point. It's a very popular spot, but you know you pay your park fee or show them your your pass, and uh, can drive a, a short way up there to a viewpoint that looks over the Olympic Mountains from the north. And it's just a gorgeous view, really really nice viewpoint there. There's some hiking trails there as well, um, and Jim, you, you've talked about there being um, a ski area up there too. Yeah. yeah, you can go skiing inside a national park during the winter time, which is pretty cool and i've wanted to do this actually for a while have not made time to do it but uh i I just i think i think that'd be neat you know uh Mm -hmm. to go to a kind of a developed ski spot inside a national park and if i'm not mistaken and i i i would need to fact check myself but i think you can see the pacific ocean from kind of in and around that area i might be wrong don't have it in front of me but there would be some uh kind of special majesty of being able to do that 
Oh, that sounds nice. Whether it, it's a reality or not, that's just a really beautiful image. <laughs> I like that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie. Well, you'll have to report back uh, on your upcoming trip here. I'm excited to hear about it uh, and hope you have a good time. Thanks, man. All right, my man. Well, in the meantime here, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.